Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. It's Wednesday morning. You've got Joe Welke here for the Wax Morning Show. Bob decided to take another day to celebrate his son's birthday yesterday. And um, he made the call to me yesterday morning. I said, you bet we'll get in there and we'll do it for you again. Last night, I had the experience to go to Section 2 Leadership Workshops for FFA. They are put on by the state FFA officers, and boy, the excitement and just the ideas and the creativity that those state FFA officers have is phenomenal. They had a great turnout. There was over 220 members and guests that were down there. I know that it's over that because I came in a different door and then I was told that they didn't get me down on the list. So I know that we were over 220 kids that uh, came down there to learn leadership skills. And that is so essential. And kids teaching other kids leadership skills, I think, is so great. And the ideas that these state officers have, boy, they think outside the box and really get get members involved and excited because FFA is so much more than cows and plows. There's the speaking contest. There's the leadership. There's the so many things that go into FFA now, and that's changed from when I was in as a member a few years back. But, boy, they just, and I was I sat in on the advisor meeting, and they have a ton of ideas, and they're just really working to get members involved and get them out doing some different things. And we still hear about COVID once in a while, and I know that COVID did have a bit of a negative effect on them. But boy, those ag teachers are pulling up their boots by the straps and really getting things going and a lot of new ideas. And it's so good to hear them talk about ag careers and ideas they have and getting getting those members involved. 
So if you ever have the chance to get involved as an FFA alumni member, or and you don't have to be on a farm. You can be a business owner. You can just be somebody that wants to know more about the FFA programs and support great kids doing great things. Well, there's my little pedestal that I felt like being on today. But let's just go on over to our weather. Today, our high is supposed to be 68. With the breeze coming up, it's a cold front moving in. So we're going to get some breezy out there with some clouds. And right now, we're at 62. So we're not going to have a lot of movement. Tonight, we're going to drop down to 44. Tomorrow, 61. And tomorrow is the first day of fall. And it's supposed to be cooler. And tomorrow night, down to 38. Friday, 60 and cool. Saturday, 69, partly sunny. Sunday, 64, breezy, but still partly sunny. Monday, 63, and Tuesday, 65. Sounds to me like we're kind of turning the corner into, you know, being in the 60s quite a bit, which be a little bit of an adjustment from yesterday. Even though we didn't get the same sun that we were hoping for, I did have rain overnight, a lot of thunder and lightning and making a lot of noise for me last night. Kept me up a little bit, so we're going to just get this going and have some fun this morning. We need to get through some chores and hear about the markets. We're going to be talking about uh, dairy production, milk production in the state and across the nation. And I've got some announcement for the finalists for the Leopold Conservation Award. And the United Nations is taking notice of fertilizer supplies issues and they're trying to come up with a solution that would help out the farmers out there we're also going to be hearing from carrie mess she's talked to josh bendorf from pheasants forever and i listened to it i'm like okay what but it's actually a conjunction they're working with dairy promotion or a dairy uh organization and talking about sustainability and conservation that's on everybody's lips these days Let's get heading into our chores and get stuff going here. And that's we're going to get started with our national news. And hopefully I can sneak a song in there. I think I clicked the wrong button because there was supposed to be a song that played. But you know what? We'll just keep going and do the best we can here. So here's our national news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. President Biden says it's not rational to return illegal immigrants to repressive countries that they escaped from. We're working with Mexico and other countries to see if we can stop the flow. Speaking at the White House, Biden cited Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua. The White House has been slamming two Republican governors for busing and flying migrants to blue states. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said migrants who are fleeing political persecution are being used as political pawns by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and Texas Governor Greg Abbott. A suspect is in custody for allegedly vandalizing the Washington Monument. Police say the suspect splashed red paint and wrote a profane message on the iconic tower Tuesday night. National Park Service conservators are handling the repairs and cleaning of the monument, which is now temporarily closed. The U.S. Preventative Services Task Force is recommending that all adults under the age of 65 be screened for anxiety. 
Trey Thomas has more. Made up of medical experts whose recommendations help guide doctors' decisions, the panel found that doing so can help identify anxiety early. It's pushing for screenings as part of routine doctor visits, with an emphasis on those who are pregnant and postpartum. The drafted proposals will now be open for public comment through mid-October. I'm Trey Thomas. One of the former Minneapolis police officers convicted of violating George Floyd's civil rights will be sentenced today on new charges. Thomas Lane pleaded guilty back in May to a charge of aiding and abetting second-degree murder in the 2020 death of Floyd. Lane was already sentenced to serve two and a half years in federal prison back in July for violating Floyd's civil rights. And Fiona is now a Category 4 hurricane. The National Hurricane Center says Fiona now has maximum winds of 130 miles per hour after it blasted the Turks and Caicos Islands on Tuesday. The hurricane is expected to reach Bermuda by Thursday. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Temperatures around the area. Eau Claire, we're sitting at 62. Medford, 62. Rice Lake, 58. Wausau, 65. Cloudy, but a little bit clear with a little bit of clouds. Green Bay, 67. Marshfield, 65. La Crosse is sitting at 60, or 72. Madison, 74 and clear. And Milwaukee, 73. And partial clouds are happening out there. We're going to do a few more chores, and we're going to head on over to markets. And then after that, we're going to be hearing from Brad Matson and ProVision Partners. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And our markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. We're going to start out with our cash livestock. Choice fed beef steers are 143 to 159 and a half with mixed at 96 to 142. Choice fed beef heifers are 142 to 152 with mixed at 80 to 141. Choice fed Holstein steers are 130 to 145 with select and silage fed. At eighty and a half to one twenty nine, cows are sixty five to ninety nine, with bulls at sixty five to one eighteen. Butcher hogs are seventy to one hundred three. Sows are thirty two and a half to sixty four and a half, with boars at twenty five to thirty eight and a half. Shorn market lambs are ninety to one hundred two. Unshorn market lambs are eighty to one hundred two. Feeder lambs are seventy five to two dollars. Ewes are seventy to a dollar. Goats, small goats, are ten dollars to one hundred twenty-five dollars. Medium goats are seventy-five to two hundred twenty-five dollars. Large goats are seventy-five to three hundred seventy-five dollars. With nanny goats at twenty-five to two hundred fifty-five dollars. And looking at our cattle futures for our live cattle for October is one forty-six thirty. That is up fifty-seven and a half cents. December one fifty-one and seven and a half cents. That's up seventeen and a half cents, and February is one fifty five twenty down five cents, and our feeder cattle for futures September one seventy eight eighty. That's down a dollar fifteen. October one eighty two and a half cents. That's down two dollars and twenty seven and a half cents. And November's one eighty one twenty seven and a half cents, and that's down. Two dollars and twenty-five cents, and January's one eighty-two ninety. That's down two dollars and seven and a half cents.
and our lean hog carcasses for October. They're sitting at 95, 97 and a half. That is down 50 cents. December, 88, 17 and a half cents. That is up two and a half cents. And February, 92 dollars and 15 cents. That is up 22 and a half cents. And we're going to take a look over at our Chicago Board of Trade. Corn for December is at six ninety four. That's up two cents, and that market's trending upward. Oats for December is at up five cents to four dollars and eighteen cents. Soybeans for November are sitting at fourteen dollars and eighty cents. That's up two cents. And soybean meal has done has dropped just a dollar for October to four hundred forty nine dollars a ton. And wheat for December is at nine dollars sixty six cents. A bushel, that's up three cents. And that market is trending upward. But after December into the next year, it is trending downward. Rolling on over to our dairy markets. Cheese, our barrels are sitting at 217, up six and three quarter cents. 40 pound blocks, 202 and a quarter. That's no change from yesterday. Great double A butters at 315, that's down a quarter. Class three milk for September, we're at 1989, that's down a penny. October twenty one ninety four up forty cents. November's up thirty six cents to twenty one seventy nine. December twenty one seventy six up thirty cents. January twenty one twenty one and that's up nine cents. And after January, it kind of levels out, and there's not a lot of change that's happening in that market. We're going to do a few more chores, and then we're going to be hearing from Brad Matson and Provision Partners. It's time for our Provision Partners update. I am Brad Matson, lead agronomist out there at ProVision Partners. We're in September. We're starting to really look at that harvest progression. What are you seeing out there? Well, we had our silage burn down days in Hickston on the, on Tuesday, and you know the we're getting closer for silage. We got some that are still a little wet yet. A lot of good green, healthy stalks all the way to the bottom. But uh, it's uh, some are progressing pretty quickly on that, so that's good. We're seeing you know. Uh, forest crop pretty much all wrapped up and, and uh, a few corn solids fields off. Soybeans are going to be not too far out in the distant futures, probably another week to two weeks off before they get really rolling here the way it's looking. So, yeah, everybody's itching to pull the trigger and get harvest 2022 underway. So as we move through harvest and wishing everyone a safe and healthy harvest, once it's off, we turn back to those fields and are looking into soil testing. Is fall a good time to do that soil testing? Fall's a, the perfect time to do that. And, you know, we get a lot of questions right now on, you know, the price of fertilizer. The price of fertilizer is high. It's, it's backed off a little bit, but, you know, who know, where, where this market's going to go is anybody's guess. And one of the best ways that you can hedge your back and, and do the best job that you can on growing your crop for 2023 is taking a soil test. But these prices, not going to want to short the crop, but you sure don't want to overapply if you don't have to. So taking a soil test is going to identify, you know, some places where you may want to trim back and some places where you may want to add, even add a little bit. We've got a lot of people talking about even taking that, that data with your yield monitor data and doing a crop removal recommendation. So you, at least you're putting on what you removed this year. And this year with the variability in the crops, you know, that's that's going to be kind of huge in itself. So we're already starting to switch our focus on how do we manage these fertilizer costs. And there's five factors I see that you can really do to manage the fertilizer costs. 
soil test is by far the biggest one. And as soon as you get that crop, get some soil tests off of it right away. We don't know when Mother Nature is going to close things up, and it'll get really busy soil testing here later. So as soon as you get that corn chopped off or that hay is cut for the final season, great times to get started getting that soil test taken. And then we can start looking at those results and coming up with the best plan in order to maximize your fertilizer dollars that you spend in 2023. And when it comes to soil testing, is that a lot of times the farmer goes out there and does the soil testing or do you offer the service? We're doing most of it, or the labs will end up doing it. Soil testing has evolved tremendously over the years. We used to just go out, walk a pattern, take a, one sample for every five acres, and we called that good. Technology has allowed us to pinpoint where we take those samples, called grid sampling. So we're going out and, and sampling and, and creating grids and sampling based on two-and-a-half or five-acre grids. At ProVision, we have a program called Smart Sampling, where we're taking a bunch of data, yield data, soil-type data, any type of thing that we we can get and we look for variations out there and we sample based on those variations so there's a lot of different ways to sample depending on what your management style is what type of information you're trying to gather and what you're trying to do soil testing has even got a more complicated but that complication gives us a lot better data in helping you make the wise decisions and what to change in your operation ProVision Partners does have another silage burndown day. When is that? That'll be next Tuesday, September 27th from 10 till 1 p.m. at the uh, Auburndale Fertilizer Office. And you're welcome to bring in some corn silage samples, bring in four or five stocks from a couple different places in the field. We'll chop them up and Daryl and Labs will be there to run a test on them for moisture to give you an idea of where your crop is at that, at that point in time anyway to help your harvest decisions. There'll be lunch served. Come out to talk with our agronomists and see where your crop is going for the year. And that was our ProVision Partners update with Brad Matson, lead agronomist. And I'm Joe Welke. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And here's some farm news sponsored by Chili Implement. Once Wisconsin is a dairy state. Let's talk milk production. In August, milk production totaled 2.73 billion pounds in Wisconsin. That's up 1% from last year, according to the latest data from the USDA's National Ag Statistics Service milk production report. The average number of cows for August was 1.27 million head, the same as July, but down 6,000 cows from last year. Monthly production per cow was up 35 pounds to an average of 2,145 pounds here in Wisconsin. And milk production across the nation during August totaled just over 18 billion pounds, the 24 major milk-producing states, which is up almost 2% from last year. Production per cow was also up in August by 37 pounds to an average of 2,041 pounds for for that month compared to last year. With the number of milk cows on farms in the 24 major milk-producing states totaling just under 9 million head in August, That's 11,000 cows less than last year. California continues to lead the nation in cow numbers and total production, but not in production per cow. The honor of the highest production per cow in the state goes to Michigan for the month of August. Following California in pounds of milk produced in August are Wisconsin, Idaho, Texas, and New York, all producing over a billion pounds for the month. Finalists have been named for the Leopold Conservation Program Award. According to Wisconsin Egg Connection, four Wisconsin farm families have been selected as finalists for the annual award. 
In order to win the prestigious award, landowners must demonstrate a responsible land stewardship and management of natural resources with the owner coming away with $10,000 for all their efforts. Finalists from our area include Knowles Dairy Farm of Alma in Buffalo County by the Mississippi River, run by Curtis Mark and Scott Knoll and their families, and Tomandel Farms of Medford in Marathon and Taylor Counties, run by former agriculture instructors Joe and Christy Tomandel, Sand County Foundation and the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation work in partnership to support this program, along with many other Wisconsin contributors. The Leopold Conservation Award has been given to Wisconsin for 13 years. And the United Nations are trying to weigh in on helping out with the fertilizer supply. The United Nations is trying to find a fertilizer supply solution. In order to relieve the global shortage of fertilizer, the U.N. is proposing allowing Russian-owned ammonia to be sent by pipeline to the Ukrainian border so it can be available to the export market. According to Reuters, Ukrainian President Zelensky will only support the United Nations plan if Russia returns Ukrainian prisoners of war, which I totally understand. Stand up for your country. Hopefully something can get figured out so the fertilizer will be more accessible to the farmers who need it. Um, we've got to do some more chores, and I've got a computer glitch that I'm hoping will figure its way out. And we're going to keep moving on here with the Farm Show on Wax 104.5. Pheasants Forever isn't just about hunting, and the professional dairy producers of Wisconsin isn't just about milking cows. Recently, these two organizations have developed a partnership promoting conservation and sustainability that also makes sense to a farmer's bottom line. From the southern end of the longest barn in Madison, this is Carrie Mess. I got the chance to talk with Josh Bendorf, Precision Ag Specialist with Pheasants Forever, about his job and how he works with farmers. During the ACE event hosted by PDPW at McFarlandale Dairy near Watertown. My job title is as a Precision Ag and Conservation Specialist, and what I do is really, you know, work as a conservationist, you know, helping farmers to find conservation solutions that fit their farm, but doing it in a way that, you know, takes economics into account. So using, you know, Precision Ag, using that yield monitor data, do a subfield analysis, Analysis, try to find areas of the farm that aren't making a profit or a low profit in current management and see what we can do differently to help the farmer improve their bottom line but also do something great from a conservation standpoint. I think it's interesting that in the past, conservation groups like Pheasants Forever and farmers weren't always best buddies, right? There's always adversarial relationships there, but we've really gone far to recreate that relationship between conservation and farmers. Is that something you're seeing? Yeah, and I think being invited to speak at a meeting like this tonight, I think really goes to show that we've developed some great partnerships in the ag industry, PDPW and other groups, and we're we're building those relationships over time. I think really just being there for the farmers, listening to the farmers and learning from the farmers. I've learned so much from the farmers in the year plus that I've been on with Pheasants Forever. You know, we have the producer-led watershed groups here in Wisconsin. You know, a lot of farmers are already doing great conservation practice, so we learn from each other. I think when you open your mind and talk to the farmers and learn from them, that really speaks volumes that, you know, I'm not just coming in telling you everything that you need to know. You know your farm better than I do. And so listening as much as speaking. In your talk tonight, 
you talked a little bit about sustainability and the two different things that it means. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so what I was talking about was sustainability from an economic and environmental standpoint, and that kind of comes back to the precision ag side of things. You know, conservation, you know, we're thinking of, you know, environmental sustainability, good habitat for wildlife, soil health, water quality, clean air, but that need, it needs to fit the farm. I mean, it's not a one-size-fits-all. You know, some practices will work on one farm, but they might not work on another farm, or they'll work differently. Or, you know, a farmer has a different different goal. You know, maybe they need some forage they can cut for their livestock, or maybe they want to have a pollinator planting. So, you know, it's balancing what the farmer needs and what can help improve their overall bottom line on those acres. And I think you think of, like, what is the definition of something sustainable? It's something you can do over a long period of time. You put a practice in the ground, it might work from an environmental standpoint, but if it doesn't work from an economic standpoint, that's not something that can last a long time. When you balance those, then we can find something that works that on the farm that can last for decades. What sets us apart is like working with that yield data. Yield data is still a lot of farms that don't have it, but it is becoming more and more common for farmers to have that. And what that really allows us to do is to really get down to a subfield level looking at yields and profits. If you just know, let's say you know you know your weigh tickets from the elevator, you know what came off the whole field, you have a field average, you know, you know what came you know how the yields average across that entire field, but there's a lot of variability that could be going on. You know, maybe we have a lower yields along a tree line or a wet spot in the field or a rocky knoll or things like that, you know, different soil textures. So what that yield data allows us to do is to get really down to a granular scale. We can look at yields and really hone in on those areas that are underperforming. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we work with producers who don't have yield data. For example, maybe, you know, we can use other clues to help them find areas that are not performing well. Maybe we we can see we have a wet spot and the corn's half the height of the rest of the field. We have deer damage along a wood line. So if we can, it's just about finding those areas that the farm Farmers struggling with, and then working with them one on one to find something that's going to help to improve their bottom line, but also do something great from an environmental standpoint. So you said you grew up on a dairy farm. That's correct. So you've been able to channel your passion for mm-hmm. the outdoors and agriculture and bring them together. That's correct. And what really kind of got me into the line of work that I was in when I was growing up in the Driftless region, later part of the 2000s into the early 2010s. I remember on several occasions we had some pretty bad flooding on our property. We have a trout stream that runs through my parents' property. And we just, you know, had some very heavy rainfall events. And I noticed, you know, they're just, they seem to be coming, you know, more and more frequent. And the water turns, you know, just this mucky brown color every time, you know, the water, even even if it's with the smaller rains. And not only, you know, what I grow up on a farm, but I like to fish, you know, so I like having clear water for fishing as well. So, you know, balance being you know, a farm kid and an outdoorsman. Seeing farms that can be more sustainable and more resilient to those climate extremes, but also doing practices that are going to help downstream, because I can see it from both angles, both being a farm kid and from being an outdoorsman. And I think we can balance both with these practices. Tell me a little bit more about why the partnership between Pheasants Forever and Quails Forever has happened with PDPW. Well, I think it all started back at, I think it was a Wisconsin water tour up at Miltrum Farms in Marathon County that my counterpart, Scott Stipitich, had worked with the Miltrum family on putting in a pollinator planting on some underperforming corn silage acres and when Shelly Meyer came up there and saw that and saw farm profitability being connected with sustainability and just a field and bloom of pollinators, flowering species, black-eyed Susans everywhere I remember when we were up there and just seeing all those boxes being checked and that working on a dairy farm I think that's what really I think got the gears going in her mind. They have such a wide reach of farmers, so many farmer members 
and she saw us as a, as a resource for those landowners, for those farmers, that we can help them not only you know share their story of what they've already done, but help them find new opportunities and new avenues on their farm. And since then, we started projects with, with a handful of their members. We've connected with them and have, have some great projects um, going on right now. That's great to hear. Is there any projects you can share about? We have, for example, just you know some pollinator plantings that are going, um, and one we've involved a local school on, you know, um, some tree and shrub plantings on another farm um, in a, a pasture that was just sitting, you know, a small pasture that was just sitting idle. There was nothing going on in the pasture, so the farmer was like, well, why don't we do something beneficial for wildlife instead of letting it grow up in weeds? So those are just a couple of projects that we have going on right now. I think it's interesting, too, that as hunting acres, uh, available land to hunt is shrinking, it's more and more important for farmers and hunters to work together. Right, and I've been asked at very many talks that I've given, you know, why are the pheasant populations declining? Why don't we see as many of them as we used to? And it's like, well, look at the landscape. Do you see where is the habitat? There was a time we had more grass on the ground. We had, you, we had the, the fence rows, the pastures, things like that, small grains in the rotation. that make Those are beneficial to wildlife. So it's just, you know, the landscape has changed. The culture of farming has changed over time. And it's, I think we're starting to kind of realize, you know, maybe some of the things we're doing now we could change to help the farmer and the sportsman you know so i mean and a lot of farmers we work with are sportsmen we've had several occasions where we've worked with farmers who are avid outdoorsmen so as soon as we say you know we can help your profitability we can also create some habitat where you can go hunting this fall we're in better water better soil health better habitat it's a win for all of wisconsin partnerships like this one are making it happen from the southern end of the world's longest barn in madison this is carrie mess well, thank you for that update. I really wasn't expecting that when I listened to that audio, how the Pheasants Forever was working with the dairy uh, conservation and conservation and sustainability. But great information by Josh Bendorf and Pheasants Forever to talk about how these things are working together. We're going to do a few more chores, and then we're going to be hearing from Rocky and Premier Livestock. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. I just had Rocky call me, so he is ready to rock and roll from Premier Livestock. Did you get some storming up there last night? You know, uh, I got home late last night. I don't think it rained a lot, which we certainly didn't need any more, but that's up north here. But yeah, it was quite a light show, huh? It was a light show. I was down to the sectional leadership workshops in Osseo. I invited down there to meet some more of the students and meet some more of the egg teachers and stuff. And and got home, you know, and I need to slide into bed and go to sleep. And I did not. <laughs> so I just got to hold it together long enough today. And then I feel, you know, maybe a nap in the future. There you go. So... Well, what happened over in Premier yesterday? Uh, thank you, Jill. Good morning, everyone. This uh, yesterday's special feeder cattle auction, bred beef cow auction, shaped up here at Premier. We had a very large auction selling over 900 head of feeder cattle. Uh, market was strong in the beef. Uh, new crop beef calves mostly 150 to 245 a pound. Those heavier yearlings from a dollar 35 to a dollar 90. Holstein steers were a little bit lower on the feeders. Most weights of Holsteins from 115 to 150. Uh, we sell some lighter weights up to a dollar 65. Bred beef cows 
sales, mostly from 900 to 1400. We also sold beef breeding bulls of service age, mostly from 1200 to 1900. Today, Wednesday, we got our hay auction at 9:30, and then 11 o'clock a.m. got a very large dairy cattle auction. We're expecting over 350 head of dairy cattle, uh, three herd dispersals. We got herd number ones, a hundred Holstein tie stock cows, very nice herd of cows, uh, 40 years of AI breeding, 75 pound herd average on test. Herd two, a short notice herd of a hundred Holstein parlor freestall cows, uh, herd will be averaged in the 70s. Herd number three, we got 25 Holstein tie stall cows, all recent and fresh. We're expecting 75 to 100 Holstein spring and heifers. Full listing on our website at Premier Livestock and Auctions. Give us a question, any questions at Premier, uh, 715-229-2500. Um, reminder, all, all this information on our website. Um, reminder also that our machinery auction will be coming up here in November, and we are now accepting consignments for that auction. So that's the way it's shaped up, Jill. Looks like a really busy week. We'll continue here. So all the stuff that you sold in your last uh, machinery auction, is that all out of the lot yet? It is not. It is not, but it seems to be now what it is is far away stuff that's having trucking issues, getting trucking. So, oh man, unfortunately, those, yeah, those supply chain issues. I think they just aren't going to go away for a little while yet. Yep, it seems to be that way. All right, Rocky. Well, you have a great day. You too, Joe. Bye. And that was Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock. We're going to get in a couple more chores before we head on over to weather. Our weather, brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Chippewa Valley Bean, the world's largest kidney bean processor, based right here in Menominee, Wisconsin, wishes all the great Wisconsin farmers a productive and successful end to our 2022 growing season. With harvest just around the corner, it's the perfect time to be looking ahead to next year's rotation, which could include kidney beans. Kidney beans are competitively priced and highly profitable, making them a great addition to your rotation. Call Ben at 715-664-8342 or visit them at cvbean.com to see if growing kidney beans is right for you. And now it's time to get a look at our weather from Mike Dandria, TV 13. I think you're off the patio. Yes, I am. How are you, Jill? I am fabulous. Although it's a little humid this morning. Holy smokes. Yeah, thankfully the dew points have uh, dropped drastically um, in the last couple of hours. Uh, right now, dew points only 53 degrees, uh, whereas not too far to the south and east, well, dew points still into the upper 60s, and that's where it's just downright tropical you know and i'm not ready for that you know in september i'm thinking things are going to cool down which i truly enjoy my summer i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i'm gonna so miss my shorts but you know you know what's coming we're in wisconsin yep and uh fall even though it starts tomorrow weather wise fall seems to want to start today get a little bit of an early start because we'll have partly cloudy and mostly sunny conditions for today but temperature wise well, it's only going to be into about the upper 60s, and it'll be pretty gusty, too, with those winds mostly sustained between uh, 10 to 20 miles per hour, and gusts could near 25 to 30 miles per hour. Later tonight, though, winds will start to die down a little bit, mostly clear with that drier air, too. That'll cool us off quite a bit, so we'll get into the mid-40s for our overnight lows, and then tomorrow, a good bit of sunshine, but even cooler with low 60s on tap. And then tomorrow night, oh, it is going to be a little chilly, partly cloudy and lows, mostly into the upper 30s. A few places may hang on to some of those uh, low 40s. Then Friday, a few chances of some showers return to the forecast, but otherwise partly sunny with temperatures into the upper 50s and low 60s. 
Shower chances continue into Friday night, mostly cloudy otherwise, with temperatures dipping to the upper 40s. Then Saturday into the upper 60s, maybe just a slight chance on and off of some showers. Similar story on Sunday, but a little cooler with mid-60s for our highs. Then going into Monday and Tuesday, we're back into the sunshine. Highs into the low 60s and lows into the low 40s. But it is a warm start, at least for now, with a temperature of 60 degrees in Eau Claire and uh, mostly clear conditions. Well, with that, and our highs are going to be in the 60s, that's about where we're supposed to be this time of the year, isn't it? Yep, 70 degrees is our average high for today in Eau Claire. And, uh, yeah, of course, it is going to go down a little bit. So uh, next couple of days, though, as we struggle to get out of the 50s, it's going to be a little below average. So, yeah, Flannel Friday might be a thing. It, it might be. I'm just not quite ready for it just yet, though. That's I uh, know. That seems to be the consensus. But uh, ready or not, Mother Nature says I'm doing what I want. Absolutely, and no holding her back. (laughs) Yep. All right, Jill, you have a good one. You as well. And that was Mike Dandrea from TV13. We're going to be hearing a little bit of our news from Morgan in just a little bit, but let's get a few more of those chores done. Brought to you by Christensen Sales. Auction schedules online at ChristensenSales.com. When you've got to have an auction, you want to work with a company that knows what it's doing to help you. And that means you want to talk to Christensen Sales in Abbotsford. Call Christensen Sales in Abbotsford at 715-223-6345 if you want to have an auction. They'll line it up for you, and don't forget it, Christensen Sales in Abbotsford, they're now offering live online bidding options as well. Your complete auction facility, Christensen Sales in Abbotsford, 715-223-6345. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And our local news is sponsored by Christensen Sales today. We're going to hear from Morgan. Good morning, Morgan. Good morning. Well, here's what we're learning today. Saying a final goodbye to Eau Claire County Sheriff yesterday, as it was the funeral for Sheriff Ron Kramer. Several local leaders and other sheriffs speaking at his funeral, saying how much Kramer meant to Eau Claire in the entire Chippewa Valley. Sheriff Kramer dying unexpectedly last week. Looking at Mother Nature, storm systems brought rain across the Chippewa Valley. Kind of felt like maybe a grand finale for summer last night with some of the lightning shows, but there were hail. And, and in social media, you may have seen this on your scroll, some golf ball size to even baseball size tail in parts of western Wisconsin. River Falls, for example, saw the worst of it. We'll uh, have some more details on that with WEAU Skywarn 13 meteorologist Mike Dandria this morning. Looking into other headlines, Eau Claire Academy is closing its residential treatment center. What does that mean? Well, 715 Newsroom coverage with John DeMaster looks a little bit closer. The Academy's Chuck Anger said in a post yesterday the center will be closing because they can't find enough people to work at the home. The Academy is a residential treatment facility for kids with behavioral issues. The Eau Claire Academy School, which is nearby, will stay open. I'm John DeMaster. We take a peek at our political stage with a Republican candidate for Wisconsin Attorney General who wants to give the State Department of Justice original prosecution authority over Milwaukee County. Fond du Lac County DA Eric Towney addressed the Wisconsin Counties Association annual meeting in Madison this week saying, Because I can tell you as a DA and if you talk to your local law enforcement, they will probably tell you the same thing. Milwaukee crime bleeds across Wisconsin and if we protect Milwaukee, we literally will protect all of Wisconsin. A Democratic incumbent, Josh Call, told the county's group that more can be done to address gun crime in our state. Common sense gun safety measures, universal background checks, extreme risk protection orders, and tougher penalties for repeat felons in possession 
and repeat straw purchasing violations. Call also pledged to protect the right to vote and talked about his efforts to overturn the state's 1849 abortion ban. Those temperatures dipping a little bit for your wake up this morning reminds us that we know what's ahead. And in preparation for those colder temps, HSHS Sacred Heart and volunteers are collecting cold weather gear, winter coats, hats, mittens, boots, kind of all the stuff that we usually need to suit up. They're collecting that for kids and adults and all items are needed. You can find a click online with some more details. 715newsroom.com. And it seems that uh, Beyond Meat, well, they're suspending their operating officer, Doug Ramsey, after he was arrested over the weekend, allegedly biting a man's nose, got in some trouble at a pigskin game, right, Brian? Doug Ramsey was taken into custody after the Arkansas football game on Saturday. Police allege Ramsey punched and bit a driver in a parking garage near the football stadium. Beyond Meat said Ramsey's suspension is effective immediately. I'm Brian Shook. Well, beyond meat and back to the original source of the real thing, we go to the barn with Jill Welke and the Midwest Farm Show. And then just after 6 o'clock, Alex Edwards comes in and we start a whole new version of chores with the Wax Morning Show. We're live local and right along with you on Wax 104.5. Thanks, Morgan, for that update. The beyond meat story kind of, I don't know, it's just kind of weird if you ask me. I know I've not tried any beyond meat products or veggie i don't even eat veggie burger burgers i guess i'm out there i produce beef that's what i want to eat and that's what i'm going for we're going to go through a few more chores and then we're going to be hearing from jim Lindsay. wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report it's almost quarter to six here at wax 104.5 and it's 60 degrees out there feels a little sticky out there but i think things are going to be a changing with the wind that's coming around and it's time to hear from Jim Lindsay and Equity El Tuna. The choice beef steers Neffers dollar twenty to a dollar forty six. We had a top of dollar forty eight. Choice dairy cross steers Neffers dollar twenty to a dollar forty two. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers dollar thirty one to a dollar forty two. We had an extreme top of a dollar forty seven and a half. Choice Holstein steers dollar twenty to a dollar thirty. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers a dollar nineteen and down. Top twenty percent of the cull cows sold from eighty to ninety three. We had a top of a dollar three. Sixty percent of the cows sold from sixty to eighty one. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from fifty nine and down. Organic market on Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from 90 to $1.10. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 89 and down. Cull bulls sold from 85 to $1.05. We had a top of $1.09. Thin, full, horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 50 to $150 per head. Light pork quality calves sold from $50 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $325 per head. Our next special feeder sales this Friday, September 23rd at noon. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. For those who work in acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. I have Jerry Fitzgerald on the line. He said he got a little bit wet again overnight. Well, good morning to you, Jill. We'll clarify that. It uh, it rained quite a bit outside. Our uh, Fortunately, our roof is still pretty good here yet. <laughs> That's reassuring. Yeah, it is. But no, we've yet... I don't know how much we got it. I didn't go and look at the rain gauge, but another 
pretty, uh, pretty. I would say I don't know about what word to describe it, but uh, Mother Nature put on a good show last night. It was before midnight. I know that. But, uh, uh, more rain, and I guess we can shut the faucet off now because, uh, at least in this part of the world over here, we do have enough for a while. I agree. You know, it was just the light show lately has just been something else. Well, fortunately, uh, hopefully there's not been any damage. I know there was a few trees down yesterday around, but uh, and I know, uh, I think Stevens Point was out without power the other day, but uh, they got it back on, mostly due to trees falling on power lines and stuff like that. But it's, uh, well, the ground is getting saturated now, and some of these uh, trees that don't have very good root systems, they have a tendency to blow over when you get a lot of rain, a lot of wind. Absolutely. Let's hear what's happened yesterday up at Stratford Equity. Yeah, it's enough talking about the weather. Anyway, we'll get to the markets. Jill, thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from yesterday, Tuesday here at Equity Stratford. And we'll start out with the organic market yesterday. We do sell uh, good quality certified organic cattle every uh, Tuesday. On the organic cows yesterday, higher yielding organic, selling from a dollar to a dollar five. Lower yielding organic cows uh, below a dollar. On the conventional market cows yesterday, a mostly steady trend on those cows. High-yielding uh, TMR-fed Holstein cows, high-yielding beef cows yesterday, selling from 77 to a top of 91.5. Uh, most of the cows so far this week selling between 60 and 76. Thinner cows like carcass cows below 60. Bull trade so far this week, mostly better quality bulls, mostly from 93 to 108. Lighter weight bulls below 90. And uh, we'll have an update on the fed cattle tomorrow's report. We sell most of those on today's auction here in Stratford. On the calf market so far this week, better quality Holstein bull calves selling mostly from 75 to 175. Uh, topping so far this week at 190. Your heifer calves, uh, 50 bucks and below. Uh, good quality beef calves, very strong, 175 to 400. And we did see a top on those on Monday's sale at 425. And as we mentioned, Wednesday here in Stratford, we get started this morning around 10 o'clock. We have full marketing day, including market cows, fed cattle, as I mentioned, market bulls, sheep, hog, and goats, baby calves. Our feeder cattle sale today will be a noontime start, and we got a good run of feeder cattle today uh, for the sale today. Again, there'll be a noontime start. And just a note, uh, two weeks from today, October 5th, will be our next special bred beef cow sale. We have cows con cows consigned for that sale already, and we are taking additional consignments. So just let us know. Again, that day will be special bred beef cow sale here at Stratford, Wednesday, October 5th. And I guess, Jill, with that, we'll send her back to you. And, uh, well, uh, for those of us that maybe have, uh, myself not included, but uh, for those of us that want to go through some further punishment, I think the Brewers have an afternoon game today. So, <laughs> Yeah. I don't usually catch I, up on them. That's kind of my my afternoons are kind of my time. So, and, and uh, after the uh, two very active evenings, uh, uh, a little nap would not be without order, would it? I'm thinking a big nap would be just fine. Okay, so <laughs> don't call Joe between one and five, right? <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I think I'm going to head down to Whitehall. They're having their Section Three leadership workshops down there. And it's just so it's so refreshing to see these state FFA officers interact with members again. You know, when they got pulled back with COVID, so much of that changed. And these state FFA officers have so much creativity, and they're just having a good time out there and really reaching out. And, you know, the, the egg programs, I see them really coming up. There's so many opportunities for careers in the egg field. 
way beyond our cows and plows, like, you know, from yesteryear. And they just they just put on such a good show and teach leadership. And Well, it's, a, it's an excellent program, and uh, it's been ages since, of course, I was in the FFA. But, you know, you have to stop and look at this, and it's, it's wonderful you have. Because I'm sure you, were you a state officer at all, Jill, or? I was not a state officer. I was a star farmer. And okay. All four of my kids are star farmers, and actually, you know, through my family connections, I'm going to kind of giggle here a little bit, but I hosted the National FFA Advisor at my house last night. Wonderful. Well, like I said, and, and the important thing is for folks in my generation and your generation is we have to, uh, uh, the next generation's coming up, and they've got a lot of challenges, but I think they're well up to it, and so... We're in safe hands as far as ag is concerned, as far as I'm concerned anyway. There's a lot of other areas that we have concern about, but uh, we've got a lot of young, uh, good young people out there, and I do want to throw in a note here. I know in my, my uh, high school uh, alumni where I graduated from, uh, they have a new ag teacher over there, and it sounds like it's uh, always been a wonderful program over in Mosley. They've got a new ag teacher, so good luck and good success for all that. And there was quite a turnover of ag teachers this last year, but I'm excited. I've been actually interviewing a bunch of the new ones, get their name out there, get them exposed to, get them to expose and get public exposed to all the good things that they're doing. You bet, and it sounds good. Well, okay, Jill, will you take care? Keep up the good work, and uh, we will talk to you uh, or Bob tomorrow morning. Yeah, it's all up in the air. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll just surprise everybody. Oh, okay. Maybe Kristen will be in. <laughs> Maybe. You never know what can happen around here. All right. We'll see you later. Thank you. Absolutely. That was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. We're going to do a little bit more chores and then run through our markets. Well, that's one more chore that we got done. It's time to run on over to our markets. Chicago Board of Trade, corn for December is at six ninety four, and that's up two cents. Oats for December is up five cents at four eighteen. Soybeans for November are sitting at fourteen eighty up two cents, with wheat for December up three cents at nine sixty six. Country elevator prices, golden plump in Arcadia is at six forty one. Baldwin 636 and 1404. Durant 626 and 1394. Mondovi cash prices for corn is 631 and 1404. Elmwood 636 and 1409. Fall Creek 621 and 1379. Osseo's at 641 for corn and 1409 for soybeans. Elk Mound 641 for corn and 1412 for soybeans. Sparta's at 668 and 1450. Ellsworth's at 616 and 1379. Ethanol plants. Boyceville 656 for corn and soy and Stanley's at 645. New Richmond's at 643. And one last look at our dairy markets. Barrels are at 217 up six and three quarter cents. 40 pound plots are 202 and a quarter. No change from overnight markets. Gray double A butter is at 315 down a quarter. Class three milk for September 1989 down a penny. October made a big jump of 40 cents to 2194. And November made a jump of 36 cents to 2179. And that's the last look at our markets. Our high today is supposed to be 68 degrees. It's breezy out there with some clouds. We've got a few more chores to do, but I'm going to sign off. And remember, take care of yourself and take care of each other.
You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.